Y'all ready for the word? All right. Um, It is going to be really difficult for me not to move around up here. I'm going to just tell you. But, you know, the last couple days, honestly, I couldn't straighten my leg. But look, check this out, man. And and I can't get all crazy and say, like, hallelujah, I'm healed and start running around because the Lord gave me wisdom. But I will tell you that, uh, like Pastor Dwayne said, man, sometimes you can say, why aren't you healed? You know, you believe in. I do believe in. And I am in. This is so much different than it was yesterday. And I do believe uh, without a shadow of a doubt that that I'm going to be just fine, that I will not need that crazy surgery. Amen. All right. What's your time, dog? Anybody got a cheeseburger up around here? (laughs) Why we at it? You don't want me to push my luck, though. Get, that's how Kelly is too. Uh, this is a very important message for for a lot of people. This message will set you free. It, it will absolutely set you free from a lot of um, wrong believing growing up. Like if you were like me, right? Um, in other words, that sometimes you can you can be uh, a Christian and and sometimes you can be forgiven. And but when you sin, you kind of step out of the light and therefore now you are no longer forgiven and you got to do some things to get back into the light. Anybody ever hear that or believe that growing up? Uh, So we'll see through scripture how that is a lie from the pit of hell. Right. Amen. Y'all ready for that? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for blessing me with a stool that swivels. Thank you, Father, for just going before this whole message lord and just and just preparing people's hearts to set them free set them free from from bondage that has held them for so long lord you are loving god one who loves people right where they are thank you for your word being true always true thank you father that you have left your word that you have sealed us with the holy spirit a promise for us that we are going to live in eternity forever with you thank you for your son jesus who gives us all these things freely in his name we pray and the church said amen Amen. all right so i'm going to talk to you about always being in the light if that song ever comes on by dc talk that says i want to be in the light as you are in the light anybody hear that yeah i sound better don't i go ahead all right don't sing that song because if you're a believer you are in the light right you don't have to say i want to be in the light the blood of Jesus causes you to be in the light. And it's not what you do. It's what Jesus did for you. Amen? Amen? Boom. Let's go. Let me show you some stuff. Whoa. Let's get ahead of it. Ephesians 1. Miss <clears throat> Debbie and I were talking about this last week at the uh, Holy Land. A lot of people believe and some people teach that, that you can lose your salvation. And I want to show you some stuff here. You can lose it by going back to sin. You can lose like Hebrews uh, 6 will tell you that. But you got to understand some things. You got you to gotta see who he's talking to, right? What the context is, and uh, and then you'll understand. That stuff will free you up. How many of you guys know that even Satan can use scripture? He'll pull it out of context, right? So we need to keep it in context, right? And not just Satan, but I used to, before I was set free from a lot of bondage and religion, would preach just like that. I would take one verse and hammer everybody with it, right? Out of context. I want to show you why it's important to keep it in context. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, this is uh, Ephesians 1, 13. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When you are sealed, what does that mean? 
you are sealed. Amen. Yeah, you, and, and it, it means something even different <coughs> in the Greek. It mean, it is some, it's, a, it's a way that it can't be unsealed, okay? When the Holy Spirit is in you, the Holy Spirit is in you for life. Not just this life, good news, life forever. Amen? The Holy Spirit has sealed you. It's a promise that gets you. You'll see that in just a second. All right, uh, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? The purchased possession makes you kind of step back and go, what the heck is that, man? Purchase possession. Well, it's interesting because the Holy Spirit, the word guarantee, look at the meaning for the word guarantee. Money, <clears throat> which in purchase is given as a pledge or down payment that the full amount might sub sub subsequently be paid. So what it's saying here, guys, is that the Holy Spirit is a down payment. We are sealed with a down payment until Christ comes back. And when Christ comes back, we will... The whole payment will be in heaven forever, forever. OK, that's the Holy Spirit's role in our life is a down payment, so to speak, that when that Jesus is coming back for us. OK, you need to be confident in that, that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't just pop in and pop out. OK, that's Old Testament, Old Covenant. The Holy Spirit would do that. But in Christ, the Holy Spirit is sealed in us. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. So. This is a quote from Miles Coverdell. He is the first person, 16th century. That's why you see the word ye. <laughs> 16th century, uh, first person to translate the entire English Bible. This is what he says. It shall greatly help ye to understand the scriptures if thou mark not only what is spoken or written, but of whom and to whom, with what words, at what time, where, to what intent, with what circumstances, considering what goeth before and what followeth after. He's basically saying, hey, man, don't just read Scripture. Understand who's talking, who's he talking to, what the context of it is. That way you're not just pulling stuff out. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so keep that in mind. I'm going to show you some stuff here this morning, why that's important. All right, check this out. First Thessalonians 5. Verse 1, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. We know that, right? We've heard that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, <clears throat> obviously now he's talking to somebody different. So when the Lord comes in that day of the Lord, that day of wrath, like a thief in the night, will believers be a part of that? No, we won't be here for that. Because now he's saying, but you, brethren, right? But you, brethren, are not in darkness. Say, I'm not in darkness. If you're a believer, you are not in darkness. So that this day should overtake you as a thief. <coughs> I'm sorry if that's driving y'all crazy. I have no idea why I did that. You are all, you are all sons of what? Light. Light. Sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. If you are a believer, you are not of darkness. Now we can do darkness, but it doesn't make us darkness. Amen? Just like we still sin, but we are not sinners according to God. Jesus became our sin for us. Do you believe that? How many of you guys still sin? 
Yeah, but you're believers, right? Absolutely. So we can still do darkness. I, what I mean by this is, um, like, I know, for instance, there's a story about a guy who, who dressed up like in a gorilla outfit for a zoo because these kids were coming in and the gorilla could not be there. And so he dressed up like a gorilla, right? And he's bouncing around. The kids are looking. They're laughing. Parents are laughing. He starts to get more bold. He starts hanging from the tree, right? And he starts swinging. He climbs up higher and higher on the tree. But then the tree limb breaks. And he ends up in the lion's portion of the zoo. And all of a sudden, you hear this gorilla start talking in English. Help! Right? And the lion's like approaching him, right? The lion gets up to him. He goes, dude, if you don't be quiet, we're both going to be in trouble true story yeah so the point is we can act like gorillas we can act like lions but we're not gorillas or lions you understand what I'm saying so so we that was a long way to go to get to that point <clears throat> we can do darkness but we are not darkness God doesn't see us as darkness he doesn't see us as sinners in fact he says in his word I'll never see your sin again I'll never ever double negative I'll never ever look at you as a your, your transgressions why can he say that? How can a holy God say that? Because all that was put on Jesus. Amen. This is normally where I would kick something. <laughs> Dang, I wish I could walk around, boy. All right. Is your forgiveness on probation? Because some people will teach it this way. I was one of those guys that would teach you that, that listen, you could be forgiven. You're not supposed to throw it back. It's a gift freely given to you. Some people preach that you can lose it, man. That you can, you can one day you can be in the light, one day you can be out of the light. It's, it's all up to your forgiveness. That, that, that your forgiveness can, can cause you to, um, it's based on you confessing. Your forgiveness is based on you doing right. Right? But the moment you don't, you're not forgiven anymore. You guys heard that growing up? <clears throat> That's the way I used to believe. That's the way I used to teach it. But, but I've been set free from that. Hallelujah. Amen. And a lot of you guys have too. Uh, our forgiveness is not based on that. Some people say you can lose your, your eternal life is not, is not etched in stone, man. Well, if that's the case, why does John 3.16 tell us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes, all you got to do is believe in Jesus. <clears throat> Should not perish but have everlasting life. Why would they put everlasting life in there? Why would the Holy Spirit put everlasting life in there if it wasn't secure? They, 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 they like to put a, a clause in there. Everlasting life if you obey God. If you continue to walk with Jesus. But that clause is not in there. It's simple. God made it simple. Religion wants to hijack it. Add a bunch of clauses where there shouldn't be any. If you believe in Jesus, the Bible says if you confess Jesus with your mouth, Je Jesus, not your sin. Amen? Amen? Confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that he's alive today, that God raised him. You shall be saved. Period. That's, that's what it means. We, we, have a, we used to have a saying in Sunday school, the ABCs, right? The AB, teach the kids the ABCs. Admit you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus, confess your sin, and you'll be saved. I'm like, looking back now, I'm like, what? Admit you're a sinner? You got to first admit you're a sinner, believe in Jesus, and then confess your sin. 
that's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It doesn't, it doesn't tell you that you have to confess your sin to be a Christian. Do you guys know that? Do you believe that? You think I'm just making this stuff up? It says, clearly, we just went through it, confess Jesus. There's one verse that trips everybody up. And people will take that one verse and make a whole theology out of it. And it'll, it'll hold people in bondage for their whole life. It'll get you confessing sin all the time. When God wants you to confess Jesus every time. Amen? All right, look at Exodus. I want to talk about this light. <clears throat> this is something that Kelly and I talked about a couple years ago. It kind of, I was like, whoo, some of you guys have heard me say this. This is back in Exodus, right? So they're, they're back under, uh, they're, they're in Egypt, and they are, they're still in bondage to Egypt. This is one of the plagues. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt. For how many days, guys? Three, Three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. It was so dark they couldn't move. They couldn't come out of the house. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwelling. All the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Now question, if it was a physical light, if it was a candle, a lamp, don't you think that the Egyptians could have done the same thing? Yeah. Don't you think since the Jewish people were slaves that they could have went and stole theirs and got theirs if it were a physical lamp? Yeah. How is it that only Israel, only in their dwellings, they had light? I submit to you that light was from within. That light is something we all have as believers. Let your light shine. It's not talking about pull out your lighter. Amen. Or your cell phone. Yeah. Come on, church. Let your light shine. That light is in you. It's in you and it causes people to be drawn to you. That's how the God, you, the Holy Spirit will draw people to God. Right. By the way, we love one another. That light in us. OK, so this light was not a candle. In fact, if you go to Genesis, anybody know the first words out of God's mouth in the Bible? Let there be light. That's the first words. that. Are, that's pretty important. What are the first words out of the mouth of Almighty God in the Bible? Let there be light. Check this out. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. <clears throat> then God said, let there be light. And there was light. In fact, in the original Hebrew, it's it's uh, it's be light right he just spoke it and and what happened there was light question who is this light because the sun wasn't created until the fourth day this is the first day so what's this light this light is jesus amen this light is jesus you can do a deep study into the hebrew name there for the word light and you'll see that it has the name of jesus in it Yahweh is in there. It's unbelievable. Uh, we don't have time to like, do that. Do some homework. Amen? Amen. Don't take again, don't take my word for this, church. Study this stuff. Amen. It wasn't until the fourth day that the sun was created. So this light, and honestly, it just makes sense. What's the most important? Who's the most important person to God? The Father. His son. And this ought to comfort you too. 
as his son is, so are we in this earth. So God loves us just like he loves Jesus. But back then, the first, the first thing out of God's mouth was Jesus. Jesus is the light. Would you, would you agree? He says that. So what in the world did I do here? There we go. So let's go to 1 John chapter 1. I want to show you this light thing, right? This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. God is light. Listen, there's only two definitions for God in the Bible. God is love and God is light. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. I love the fact that it adds at all. It's like an emphatic. There's, God can't be darkness. There is no darkness in God. None. God cannot be darkness. You see that? If we say that we have fellowship with him <coughs> and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If we say we have fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness, okay? You got to remember, this is 1 John. John wrote this, but who is he talking to? Who is he talking? Is he talking to believers? Let's see. Uh, we lie and do not practice truth. But if we walk, but if, conditional, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, has, uh, his son, cleanses us from all sin. <clears throat> now, people will say, see, right there, verse 7, we have to walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. You see it? How many of you guys believe that growing up? Right there. We, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, if then conditional yes here here's what i want you to focus on it's not saying if we walk according to the light it says if we walk in the light who, who is the light jesus is the light if we walk in jesus if we walk in jesus we have fellowship with one another in the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin here's the problem i want you to think about if people say that that means you are walking, you are obeying God. If we walk in the light as he is in light, if people saying that means that you're not sinning, you're obeying God, then why would it have to say that if we're in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin? Because if we're obeying God, we don't need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all sin. So what this verse is saying is, guys, <clears throat> when we're walking in the light, even when we sin in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It's his blood that does that. It's his blood that keeps us in the light. Can you see that there? It just doesn't make sense to say <coughs> if we walk and we're not sinning with God, then the blood will cleanse us. Because if we're not sinning with God, do we need the blood to cleanse us? No, we're perfect. But we're not perfect. We need the blood to sin. We are in the light. His blood keeps us in the light. Look at this. We walk in the light we eat in the light when we sleep we sleep in the light when we pray we pray in the light when we sin we sin in the light we are always in the light because it's the blood of jesus that keeps us in the light it's not our actions we can never be perfect and you can't say that one day i'm in the light when i'm doing okay and then i have a bad thought about somebody right and then now i'm in darkness and I need the blood to cover me, so i got to get back in the light. That, that makes it very shaky for people. They're like, one day they can be forgiven, one day they're not. God said, I write these things so that you may know 
He wants you to have confidence. He wants you to be bold. He wants you to know who you are. Jesus says this, Jesus himself, this is Jesus. The same John that wrote 1 John wrote this. Jesus quoted this, right? He's quoting Jesus. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me. Do you follow Jesus? <coughs> yeah, if you're a believer, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Here's the interesting thing about the word shall not. In the Greek, it is a double negative. That literally means, Jesus is saying, he who follows me shall never, ever, ever walk in darkness. Ever. If you're a believer, you cannot walk in darkness. It is an impossibility for you to walk in darkness if you believe in Jesus. And what do I mean by believing in Jesus? If you follow Jesus, what does that mean? If you confess Jesus with your mouth, believe that he's alive today, that's it. You are saved. And if that's you, you can never walk in darkness. Ever. Never, ever, never. It's a double negative. Amen? Amen. Do you think that a loving father would want you to be confident in this? Because he knows that people will come in and try to snatch you away with these, with, these, uh, with, these, with these teachings. And some people have done a great job of it. They did to me for a long time. I was always confessing. At night, I would try to try. I would try harder to try to remember what I did so I could ask forgiveness than then focus on the fact that I was forgiven. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I would try to remember sins on purpose to, so that I could be forgiven, not knowing that I was forgiven. And I could have been spending that time with Jesus and his love for me. It's kind of twisted, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> All right, 1 John chapter 2, verse 9. He who says, <clears throat> back to John, same John that just wrote what Jesus wrote. Who is he talking to? He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. So see the word brother there. People say, hey, see, see, pastor? He's talking about brothers right there. Right there it says that you could be in the light one time and be out of darkness and be in darkness the next time. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. In other words, if you hate your brother, if you got something against your brother, you're in darkness. John said it right there. But who's that brother? Who's that brother? We got to know who he's writing to, right? This is not a Christian brother. See, the church has this thing. Every time they see the word brother, they think it's a Christian brother. Like, hey, brother, what's up, brother? How you doing, brother? You my brother, brother. You my brother. Are you my brother? A brother from another mother. We bro, we're brother, 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 right? Brother, brother Troy, brother Dwayne, brother, whatever it is, right? Hey, listen. This is not that brother. John is not talking to the believers. He's not talking about uh, he's not talking about believers as brothers. I'll prove that to you. That's found. Oh, I already, who is that brother? Uh, it's found in Galatians chapter two. But on the contrary, this is who wrote Galatians. Paul. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised. That's the Gentiles, right? Had been committed to me as the gospel for the circumcised, Jewish, right, Jews, was to Peter, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the Jewish people, circumcised, also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. Gentile is a non-Jew, okay? And when James, who's that? 
who's Kephas? Peter and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me. They gave me and Barnabas, the guy that worked with them, right? The right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So James, Peter, and John's, their letters are written to who? Yeah, Jewish people. Paul's letters were, he wrote 13 letters. Who were they written to? The non-Jews. Okay. Now, can we get stuff out of those, those letters? Uh, James, 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Revelation. Amen. Yeah, we can get stuff out of them. It's to our benefit to search but if we're looking for Jesus. But you know why a lot of Christians, a lot of non-Jewish people are troubled by some of the stuff in James and 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, 4th. You know why? Because it's, you got to read it from a Jewish context. I mean, even in Peter's book, he said, he said that, that judgment is coming to the house of God. He said that. Peter said that. It's in the Bible. And so pastors today will say, you better get right because judgment is coming to the house of God. You know those pastors on TV? <laughs> I can preach, boy. Judgment is coming to the house of God. You better get to right. Hallelujah. Wide is the road. Right? They say stuff like that. But see, Peter wasn't talking to us. That's why people are leaving the church. If judgment's coming to the house of God, I don't want to be in it. Yeah, Peter was, was talking. He was warning the Jews because they rejected Jesus that in A.D. 70 that the temple would be burned down. And it was by the Romans. Paul was speaking that, warning that. He wrote that three years before that actually happened. Isn't that amazing? General Titus and, and the Romans came in and burned it down. But in 1948, Israel came back as a country, man. And, and listen, God is doing some amazing stuff. Amazing behind the scene stuff. Because that's what he does. Amen? He's beautiful like that. But anyway, <clears throat> we can't take all that stuff and just assume it's written to us. That's why we get tripped up on a lot of it. We got to read it from a Jewish context, a Jewish perspective. Those words. Now, if you look at this, everywhere you see in Scripture, you always see who? Peter, James, John. The Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, John. Amen? Uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter, James, John. Here the order is different. The only time it's different. James, Peter, and John. You, you got to know why it's different, right? <laughs> it's the order of the New Testament. So you got the four Gospels. You got Acts, who was the beginning of the church, written by Luke. And then you got 13 letters from Paul. Then you got Hebrews, which is a transition. A lot of people believe Paul wrote that, but it's a transition from Gentiles. Uh, it, it's, it's the history of the Jewish church and what Christ has done to replace that history. All, all the furniture, the high priest and all that, right? But then you got James, 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. You got Judas in there, and then you got Revelation. Who wrote Revelation? John. John. It's the order of the New Testament. Isn't that cool? I love when God hides those little things in there, man. It's to our, it's to our glory to, 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 to find them, search them out. Because <clears throat> it gives you life. Like the Bible is alive, right? None of that stuff's by coincidence. I love that, man. So back to this. Who's that brother? That is a Jewish brother. He's saying, he who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. He's telling the Jewish people, that's, that's, that's how you know. You love your brother and you are in the light. 
drop down, you'll see little children. Same chapter, same chapter, little children. It is the last hour, and as you have heard, that the Antichrist is coming. Isn't it interesting that it's Antichrist? It's not anti-God. Like, no one's killing you in the name of God. They're killing you because of the name of Jesus. Isn't that crazy? Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. I believe that there's always been Antichrist. Always been Antichrists that have come. But who do they come against? Who are who is Satan more ticked at a nation than anybody else ever? Israel. Why? Because they're God's chosen. But God loves us too. Don't don't think that Israel is above us. God loves us all the same. But that's His chosen. That's where Jesus came. And when heaven comes back, it's going to come back in Jerusalem. Yep. So, antichrists have come by, uh, which we know. We always think that antichrist is in America. Right? It has nothing to do with us. The antichrist is against Christ, who was a Jew. He's coming back. The antichrist is is ticked about people believing in Jesus. Would you agree? <coughs> I don't believe the antichrist is here. I believe that the 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 real antichrist, like Satan, can't be everywhere. Right? Satan can't be everywhere at one time. He's not God. But we always say the devil made me do it, right? But no, the devil didn't because you're not important enough for the devil to be around you. I'm not, I'm not banging on you. I'm telling you. And don't forget, you got angels protecting you. I'm saying that Satan right now is not anywhere here in here because he can't be everywhere at the same time. He's somewhere in the Middle East raising up the next Antichrist. Yeah? All right. Uh, they went on. The, oh, check this out. So. Uh, the Antichrist is coming even now. Many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. They, they, the Antichrist went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would not have continued with us. <laughs> but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. The Antichrist will come from them, from the Jews. It'll come out from the church. So, so just because you're in church, how many of you guys know people that have come to church all the time? But just because you profess to be a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't. There's people in church all the time that are not saved. They're not. Now, it's not a, we can't judge that. That's not for us. But there are people. And there, John is saying, man, there's people in the church in the in in our church that are not christ followers they're not and this and 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 they're in darkness that's what he's talking about he's not talking about a believer being in darkness and losing it he's talking about in that church the jerusalem the israel nation there's people there that are not believers they don't believe in jesus listen they rejected jesus they rejected him the Pharisees and Sadducees rejected Jesus. That's why their, their, their judgment came to the house of God. Okay? Um, <clears throat> so if you go to 1 John, 1 John 1 comes before 1 John 2. Everybody understand that? <laughs> if we say that we had no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Question. Do you know a believer who says they have no sin? Do you know any believer that says, I'm perfect, I don't sin? No. 
you, you know one that says he's close. That's me. And I don't make no bones about it. It's the truth. I'm about as perfect as they come. I am the image of Jesus. <laughs> but could this be written to us? You go back and you do some homework. You check out all of Paul's letters. You, you check out James. You check out uh, all of Peter. And you check out all of John's writings here. In every chapter, it opens up with either uh, beloved or my brothers or my little children. Um, but this is the only chapter in the Bible where it doesn't open up with beloved. This whole chapter, 1 John chapter 1, 1 is not written to believers. It's written to Gnostics who did not believe in confessing sin. They didn't see anything wrong with what they were doing. And so John is talking to them. You got to know who he's talking to. And, and just to show you, you can't say there's, there's no Christian that says we don't have sin. John couldn't be talking to the church. Would you agree? Amen. Do you know a church that says we don't have any sin? If there is, they're part of that Gnostic mentality. So if we, here it is, verse 9. This is the, this is the verse that, that'll lock people up forever. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our, you see the if then? If we confess our sins, then he's faithful and just. It's conditional. This verse will lock you up if you don't understand that he's not talking to believers. Y'all want to be set free? It's unbelievable. And look at this. How often can you be cleansed from all unrighteousness? Let the Bible tell you. Hebrews. Hebrews 7, 27. Who does not need daily? He's talking about the, our high priest, Jesus Christ. As those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once and for all when he offered up himself. Jesus did it once and for all. So how in the world, <coughs> how in the world if we go back, whoa, not that far back. Let's not get crazy, right? Where's my verse 9? Oh, it's in there. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess, he's faithful and just. Is, he, is God faithful and just? Yes. Are we cleansed from all righteousness based on all of our confession of sins? No. So let me go here, right? True or false, only believers can confess sin. Do you believe that? Is it true? Only believers can confess sin? No. Check this out. This is John the Baptist. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all, all Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him. That's a lot of people. And were baptized by him in the Jordan confessing their sins. Now, you got a, a line of people, one guy baptizing them. If they came up to John and they sat there and confessed every sin that they ever did, he'd still be there baptizing today. The yeah? You can see little Jewish guys coming down going, one time when I was 13. Oh, God, I remember when I was 13. I'm so sorry, right? And you're just going through all this. And John's like, oh, my gosh. Right? Do you think that's how it went down? No, you can confess sin. The Bible says confess sin. 
confess it one time. It doesn't say go back through everything. Confess your sin. Now, we can confess sins to one another. We can do that to one another. That's just being accountable. But when it, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, horizontal, right? Us to uh, our friends or whatever. But vertically, we confess at one time, we are forgiven. And not only that, it doesn't say confess it. Confess Jesus. Confess Jesus. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That means the work is finished. That means your sins are forgiven. That's all it says. You remember this story? And Luke, the prodigal son, went away. He, 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 he went away. He wished his dad was dead. That's basically what he said when he said, hey, give me my share of the inheritance. I wish you were dead. Dishonored his father. Went, spent all his money with what? Prostitutes. Right? Partying it up. Then he came to his senses. He said, and the, and the son, he came back to the father. And the son said, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. You know what the father said to him? Confess your sins. All of them. What did you do? No. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Wait a minute. <clears throat> Shouldn't he confess that he hooked up with prostitutes? Shouldn't he confess that he disowned his father? Shouldn't he be specific about it? No. The Bible calls confessing your sin, confessing your sin. I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. We have a Savior. Savior from what? I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. That's it. Don't let people tell you you got to go back and remember stuff. Start writing down. I, I, I one time was writing down stuff every time I remembered it so I could ask for forgiveness. No, man. It's unbelievable how we think sometimes. And that's not from the Lord. That'll keep you in bondage. We're almost done, guys. <coughs> oh, for this reason, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found. And they began to be merry. They began to be merry. You know why? Because the father didn't hold his sin against them. The father just forgave them like that. That's what grace does. That's what the love of God does. It's the love of God that will cause you to repent. It's the love of God that will make you love him more. We love because he first loved us. When you understand how much you're loved, you can love him back that way. Whoa! So, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We are cleansed from all unrighteousness. This isn't for you, church. And if that's for you, we got a big problem. That's 1 John 1, 9. The very next chapter, same author, same book. He says this, my little children. Now he's addressing who? These things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. You know what that means? That means even if you do sin, we still have an advocate. It's not telling us to cuss or confess. <laughs> <It's>, <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. It's not, it's not telling us to confess all the times we cuss, right? When your knee hurts and you twist it funky and your whole body gets a pain, you're not singing Amazing Grace. You're not thinking about the, the communion table. You're thinking about punching a hole in the wall. If you're like me, anybody else like me? A little hot-headed sometimes when you get pain? Yeah, 
don't be judging me either because that's a sin. <laughs> we all sinners up in here, right? Saved by grace. Look, so <clears throat> even if we do sin, we have an advocate. That, that, that's not telling you you don't have nothing, that he's not going to forgive you. Because the, the, verse, the verse before that in verse 9 says, if we confess, then he's faithful and just. Do you think God's only faithful and just if we confess? No, he's always faithful and just. It's not dependent on you. That he's talking to people who don't believe in sin. He's not talking to the church. And if more people would hear this message, the church would be set free from that condemnation, that guilt, and that shame. We are forever cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Look at this, verse 12, last verse. Amen? We still got 12 minutes, though. I'm just joking. <laughs> I look, look, I write to you, same author that wrote 1 John 1, 9. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Either they are or they aren't. Either John's a schizophrenic or maybe there's something else there. Maybe 1 John 1, 9 wasn't written to believers, wasn't written to the church. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you. You are complete in Christ. You are completely forgiven in Christ. There's no more confession daily like the high priest had to do back in the day. Once and for all, we are forgiven. Once and for all, we are saved. How do I know that? Is Greek, is, is Greek important? Is English important? What is the personal pronoun I? Is it first, second, or third? There's some teachers in here, I know. What is, uh, what is you? Second, am I right, Kel? Am I wrong? I, I haven't had my teacher's license in like 15 years. I sell drugs now. <laughs> Pharmaceutical drugs, but. Uh, what about they? Third person, am I right? I mean, you, you would know, Mr. Principal. <laughs> He's like, dude, what school did you go to? Because yeah. Third, right? So when, 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 when John says we, when he says if we confess our sins. See, John's a believer. John's a believer, and he's saying if we confess our sins. People will point that out, right? But he's using what is called an editorial we. Like if somebody from Germany, I was telling you, somebody from Germany comes over here, and they, they get in my car, and they start driving 180 miles an hour like they're on the Autobahn. I'm looking at that brother going, hey, man, if we speed here, we go to jail. If we speed like that, we go to jail, right? If we, I'm being gracious, amen? And John, when he says, if we, talking to the Gnostics, he's saying, look, if we, he's putting himself in there, but he's being gracious. John knows he's forgiven. Yeah? So when it's an editorial we. We got to know that stuff. We got to know that he's not, he's not saying, hey, if we as believers say, confess our sin, then he's faithful and just. Okay, it's not for us, church. Don't let people say that, man. And when I got, how many of you guys got this and you were like, you felt a weight come off of you, like unbelievable, right? Yeah. So check out this word. It's in the perfect passive indicative in the Greek, okay? Passive means what? It's, 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 we don't do anything, right? If it was active, we would have to do something for this, but it's passive. And perfect means what? The perfect tense in Greek 
corresponds to the perfect tense in English and describes an action which is viewed as having been completed in the past, Jesus on the cross, once and for all, not needing to be repeated. That's what your sins are forgiven means. So when you see this, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven. In the Greek, it's perfect passive indicative. What that means, it's important, is that it's the same perfect tense as used when Jesus says, to tell a star on the cross, it is finished, meaning that it's an act that will never happen again, but its benefits still last today. Yeah, that's what it means. That's why when you study your Bible, church, don't just read it. Know who it's talking to. Know that go deeper in the Greek. I got an app that does all that. It's unbelievable the things you learn that we are always forgiven. We are always in the light. We are always righteous according to God. The Bible says, I am. I am. I'm not, not I will be. I, I am right now. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says. And if you are a follower of Jesus, that's you. Receive that. And don't let anybody tell you that you're forgiven based on your confession of sin. You are forgiven based on your confession of Jesus who took your sin upon himself. And that's all I got today, church. Would you stand and give the Lord a hand? Hey, give the Lord a hand like you mean it. Like he, that you know what he did for you. He's altogether lovely, church. Altogether beautiful. That's who our Lord is. And man, I hope that this message set you free this morning. I hope you know that you don't have to lay in bed at night every night trying to remember what you did wrong remember what was done for you that covered all your wrongs we don't have to have this this spirit of of confessing this consciousness of sin we're always thinking about our sin man have this consciousness of a savior who has forgiven you from all your sin your past doesn't dictate your future your thoughts your your failures don't do that Jesus does that for you. Your future is bright in Christ. Your future, you, listen, God can use you. God can use you even when you fail. God loves you even when you fail. Always remember that Christ is greater than your sins. Amen? Amen. Pastor Dwayne, you want Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. For your word today we thank you father for giving us ears to hear and hearts to receive your word father we thank you lord that it's the truth that we know that makes us free we know that he who the sun sets free is free indeed we thank you jesus for what you accomplished for us at calvary we thank you for speaking those words that it is finished because of that we are always in the light we thank you for the light of Christ, Father, that you have provided for us through your Son, Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for equipping us with this word, for equipping us with this truth, Father, so that as we leave this place, we can share this good news with others, Father, and that they too can partake and receive from this word, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your word is life to us. We thank you, Lord, that your word is light to us. We thank you, Father, for always lighting our path and going before us. Thank you for every divine appointment, Father, that you give us to 
to share with someone else, Lord. We thank you for uh, just aligning those things and causing us to, to come into contact with the people, Father, that you desire for us to, uh, to minister to, to love on, and to share the good news with, Father. We thank you for blessing us as we've come and now blessing us as we leave. Lord, I speak life over this house, over every person here, every member of this church, every visitor today. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would just bless them, cause them to increase. Father, cause them to be fruitful all for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. amen. And we are dismissed.